the year is finishing. And I don't know about you guys, right? But I started off this year with, the, with this thunder, with this excitement. I had bought new planners. I had new plans. I had new goals. I had new everything, right? Everything was supposed to be new in 2022. And here we are heading into 2023. And how many of you sometimes feel like, man, like I didn't get there. I didn't get there. Right? So today, what I want to do is that by the end of this brief talk, I hope to give you the hope and the encouragement and the motivation to head into 2023 understanding that God is in control of everything. Everything. And, and, and before we get into a prayer and, and, and Kevin heads off, he's like, come on, Marquez, let me go, let me go. Uh, um, before we do that, I want us to answer two, ask ourselves two questions because this is the two questions I feel God is asking us to ask ourselves, challenging us. Maybe what we wanted to happen didn't happen and we're about to quit and God is saying, no, don't quit on that. Just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Or the question might be, you're going too fast. It's too early for me to give you that. If I give you that now, it'll break you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would speak to your people in a different way here today. I pray that you would do something amazing, Lord God. I pray that you would encourage us and give us the hope that we need as we enter into 2023. I pray, Lord God, that you would help us to understand the power of saying and declaring, not yet, not yet. I praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Amen. Look at the person next to you and say, there's power and not yet. Come on. Now look at the person behind you, unless you're in the last row, and say, there is power and not yet. Amen. Amen. And uh, before I prepared this, I was like, babe. And I asked my beautiful wife a question that I probably shouldn't have asked because I knew what she was going to do with the question. And I said, babe, like, give me an example of where I have lacked patience. I said, an example, and she gave me four. All right? She said, when you drive. She said, when you drive, you need some patience when you drive. And it's funny because I've been telling her for two months, I know the baby's coming and I'm going to start driving different. And I drive different until somebody cuts me off, until somebody stops, until somebody drives 50 miles an hour in the fast lane. So I lose my patience. She said, that's number one. Number two, when you're shopping. I, I'm the type I go in a store. If it's extra large, that's for me. Chico, you have to, no, no, I, I think you stay longer. I think Chico stays longer. Amen. But, but like when, when I'm shopping, I like to go in and out. So she used to go shopping with me. You know, she called that quality time until she noticed my lack of patience. There was no quality in it. She was like, no, you can stay home and I'll go with my sister. All right. So, so that's worked out for you. Number three is when I go out to eat. 
like, like we're sitting down. If I'm getting steak, I'm like, are they killing the cow? cutting the cow, seasoning the cow, and now they're starting to grill the cow that, that is taking this long? I'm the only one. I, I get bad, right? And then when they come out with an angry face, I really lose my patience. I'm like, yo, we're paying, right? Like, like it's not for free. Last week, we had our baby shower. How many came to our baby shower? Th thank, thank you, guys. Um, and, and everything was so good. My patience level was at an all-time high. Everything's flowing, right? It's, it's baby shower, positive vibes. We're, we're, it's amazing, good food, good music, good everything, good people. And, and, and then May comes in with a gift, and she said, oh, man, wait till you see this. You can't tell an Enneagram 7, wait to see anything. Because the minute you say, wait, I'm like, I want to see it. I want to see it. And, and immediately I start untying it until Anna catches me with the corner of her eye. And she's like, leave it alone. Like, she didn't say it. But how many of you, like, your wives have that specific look that you're like, like, I better listen even though she's not saying anything. And I left it alone. But all through the whole baby show, I'm like, babe, I want to open up that one. I want to open up that one. And I was able to open it. And it was a beautiful little rocking horse thing. Um, that I'm going to have to buy my son a helmet to ride. But it was really cool. But just like there's all these little things that I need patience in, when it comes to life, when it comes to purpose, when it comes to destiny, when it comes to the things that I prayed to God about for so many years, when it comes to things that God told me I would see for so many years and they still haven't come, how many of you, like me, sometimes get a little bit impatient? And in our impatience, we'll begin saying things like, no, nah, it must have not been God. Or we'll turn around and we'll be like, no, nah, it's that, you know, I must have missed God, so now it's too late. Let me, let me, let me reroute. Or, or, or we'll switch that and we'll be like, nah, you know, it's not for me. It's never going to happen. How many of you, it's never going to happen. That's been me so many times. When it comes to ministry, when it comes to preaching and, and two of our podcasts, if you've ever seen the BYOB podcast, we got Chico and Rafi in the house. And, and, and I remember they used to tell me, but why, you, why don't you preach? Why don't you do the, your thing in church? And I'd be like, no, nah, I'm not. Like, I think I'm done with that. And, and until God began to say otherwise. And it was in the midst of one of those recordings that Pastor Ro looks at me and he says, why aren't we doing this together? And here we are one year later doing this together. Amen. And... There was this story that, that exemplifies what I'm trying to preach or trying to get at today. And it was a story about a young boy that traveled thousands of miles to be taught by the wisest teacher in his area. So he gets to this wise man and he's like, I want to be as wise as you. How long is it going to take? The wise man said, at least five years. Right there, I would have gone home. Because five years is a long time. He said, so what if I study double? How long will it take me then? The wise man looked at him. He said, 10 years. Right then and there, I'll be like, you bugging, you playing, you messing with me. I'm not even going to talk to you. I'm out. 
But, but, but he was like, what if I study all day, I study all night, and I break, you know, I go into the other night in my studies, then will I be able to learn everything that you know quicker? How long will it take me then? He said, it will take you 15 years. And then the, the young man looks at him and he says, every time I promise more energy to my goal, you tell me it's going to take longer. Why? The answer is simple. With one eye fixed on the destination, there's only one left to guide you on your journey. And this is where I feel some of us might be at the end of 2022. We're so focused on where we want to be that we're not seeing the changes that God is doing all around us to get us ready for that thing that he wants us to have. Am I talking to anybody today? Jesus said this in Matthew 6, 34. He said, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. Somebody say right now. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come when they come. In other words, Jesus is saying, don't focus on your past because there's absolutely nothing you can do to change what happened in your past. But he's also saying, don't focus on your future. Because if you focus only on your future, you're going to miss out on everything it's going to take to get you there. He's saying, focus on what's before you right now. Because what's before you right now is a product of the lessons that you learned back then. And it's also a lesson preparing you for when you get over there. How many of you thank God for right now? Right now, right now, right now is important. But sometimes it's hard to be patient because we forget who God is. Can I get an amen, guys? God says in Psalm 121 verse 4, Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. When we think God isn't doing anything, He's probably doing the most. When we feel like, I don't feel like God is doing anything, that's probably when he's working the greatest. Because it takes maturity to not see anything and not feel anything and still continue walking because you know that God is faithful, because you know that God can't lie, because you know that God is in control. Oh, when Anna told me not to talk to her anymore. That was a hard moment in my life. And, and it it, a whole year passed and she would come through because we worked in the same building, wearing the same cute dresses. <laughs> having that same cute smile. Moving them. No, nah, I'm not going to. Let me stop. Let me slow my row. But, but she was looking at, you know, as fine as she did when she showed me to stop talking to her. But how many of you know that there were things that God needed to do in that one year's time? 
he had to get her to a place where she was ready for all this. But he also, I'm not saying it in Rose context. I mean, I'm a lot. I'm a lot to deal with. Come on, guys. Y'all like, damn, he conceded. No, no, no. <laughs> Pastor Rose. But he also had to get me ready for the person that she was. And the person that she was is the person that she is. She's pleasant. She's peaceful. She's kind. She's loving. She's expressive. She's intelligent. In other words, the complete opposite of anyone I had ever been with. So it took a while for God to get me ready for all that. How many can say amen? But during that time that I felt God was not doing anything, God was working. God was working in her life, and God was working in my life. And here we are today, a month away from welcoming our baby boy into this world. Jesus also said in John 7 verse 6, Jesus said to them, my time has not yet come. But your time is always here. I'm going to say that again. My time has not yet come. He didn't say my time will never come. He didn't say my time is going to delay in coming. He didn't say stop waiting because I'm just not going to do this. What Jesus said and what he's saying to us today is my time has not yet come, but it's coming. Hallelujah. It's going to come. The things that he's promised you will come, but they're going to come in his time. What did we do, Pastor Lee, before we had these things? Before we had watches, before we had clocks, before we had that timer back there that seems to be messed up. Like, like, <laughs> before we had all these things, what did we do to understand seasons and times and, and what God was doing? We didn't look towards a clock to determine if I was being successful or not. Because we've allowed a paper planner to determine how successful we are. We've allowed me putting a list of plans together and those plans not coming to determine if I'm having a good year or not. But what did mankind do before we had years, before we had months, before we had weeks, before we had hours, before we had minutes? They simply had to lean and rest on whatever was going on right before them. Because what was before them told them if they were on the right track or not. I want to challenge us today to get to some God time and let go of some our time because our time is always here. We're always at a place where, no, I'm ready for this right now, God. Bless me right now, God. Give me that new relationship right now, God. I know I just broke up with her yesterday, but I'm ready today. You did a lot in 24 hours, God. <laughs> God. 
the, the same thing with careers. No, I'm ready, God. I know I've been to 30 different jobs in 20 years, but I'm ready for this career. I'm going to let it all go, and I'm going to do it. I feel like you're calling me for ministry. I'm going to let go of my job today, and I'm going to go full-time into ministry. Then you go full-time into ministry, and you're hungry, you're broke, you're in a corner, sleeping in a cardboard box, because God never told you it was time. Some of us, I'm going to go from, I'm going to go to another church because this is my season. This is my time. I heard Israel sing, this is the, is the new season and this is the new season. I know that God spoke to me because I had a dream after I had a pizza pie. And, and I can't stop thinking about that dream that I had where God was using me. Amen. He's going to use you. But that doesn't mean it's today. He said, Amen. He said, amen. He ready. Now, the question is, what will we do while we wait for our yet? What will we do? What will, what will we do while God is still working, but he's working in ways that we don't understand? How many of you thank God that God worked in ways that you did not understand? When I hear Marcos and Sherry's story, they got a crazy roller coaster ride. Like, I can't even, sh like, I feel bad sharing my story with Anna when they're around. Because, I mean, you want to talk about a roller coaster. Like, they've had a roller coaster, and I'm not going to get into that, but you told me you wouldn't share the details, but I'm not sharing details. But, but it's been a roller coaster, but they're here today, right? Because God had a plan that was way above their plan. Amen? What, what would have happened if Pastor Rowan and Pastor Lee would have listened to the many voices that were around them? You know, this, this discerning the will of God. God is showing me that she is not for you and you are not for her. And you need to wait on the opportunities of God because it, no, stop it. There's some things that just make sense. And sometimes we want God to split open the heavens to show us what's right in front of us. Can I get an amen, somebody? There was a woman in scripture, and I want to share her story with you guys. And her name isn't mentioned because men were men. <laughs> in other words, it was very patriarchal back then. And, and, and what, you know, men, yo soy el hombre de la casa. You know, you know, like, I'm the man here. Like, give me the remote control, like. Do my bath, woman. Like, you know, that, that kind of good stuff. Um, and <laughs> the, the story says like this. One day, Elisha went to Shunem, where a wealthy woman lived. This is important. Say wealthy. She was a wealthy woman. This is important because it doesn't say she was a wealthy woman because of her man. She was just a wealthy woman. Can I get an amen, ladies? Thank you, Angie. Angie, like, yeah, I know. A wealthy woman lived, and it says, who urged him to eat some food. So whenever he passed that way, he would turn in there to eat food. And she said to her husband, behold now, I know this is a holy man of God who is continuously passing our way. Let us make a small room for him with a roof with walls and put him, put, there for him a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp, so that whenever he comes to us, he can go in there. And the Bible says in verse 11, one day he came there, and he turned into the chamber, and he rested there. 
What I see first and foremost is that this woman was a woman that gave generously. She was a wealthy woman, but she understood that she was blessed to be a blessing. So whenever this man of God came by her way, she said, I'm going to feed him. But then the time came where feeding him wasn't enough. She said, no, I want him to stay here. See, because what this man of God represented in the Old Testament is what we have in Jesus in the New Testament. This man of God represented the very presence of God. So when the presence of God came, she didn't want the presence of God to visit. She wanted the presence of God to stay. So she said, I'm going to make him a house. In other words, I'm going to make room for him. I'm going to make a space for him. Maybe in 2022, what God is saying is, what's yours is yours, but I need you to make a space for me. I have some things that I need to teach you. I have some things I need to whisper to you, but there's too many voices going on all around you. And whenever I talk, you're confused as to which voice is mine. How many of you have ever been? We got a lot of Latinos in the house. It's Christmas time. How many of you know it's really nonsense to think that we had one solid conversation with our family on Christmas over some co <laughs> over some water and some pelnil and some rice and this one talking about Titi and this one talking about Theo and this one talking about their kids and this one talking about what happened last year and this one talking about how your dress looks funny on you like there's so many conversations going on it's hard to hear God and God is saying make room for me she made room for him and the Bible says that one day he was so tired that he rested there he rested there. How do you know you're close to the blessing of God when you, know, when you no longer need it? When you, when you get to a place where you say, Jesus, you're enough. Your presence is enough. Your blessing is enough. Your peace is enough. Your salvation is enough. Having my church family is enough. Having some place that I call home is enough. My family is enough. My health is enough. All of a sudden, you begin to rest. And God says, okay, now you're ready. Now you're ready. So what if Holy Spirit is saying, strive but not to do what you want to do. Strive to enter into my rest. Strive to enter into my rest. Work to rest. Just doesn't make sense, right? Work to rest. What are you talking about? That's, this is why I don't go to church because I say things that don't make sense. <laughs> Work to rest. In other words, get in the presence of God in such a way where you're like, Lord, I know you got me and I'm going to rest in that. I'm going to stop fighting because I know you got me. I'm going to start loving because I know you got me. I'm going to allow myself to be vulnerable because I know you got me. I'm going to try something new because I know you got me. I'm going to take a little risk because I know you got me. I'm going to get out of my comfort zone because I know you got me. I'm going to have a conversation with that person again because I know you got me. I'm going to try something because I know you got me. 
this woman said, I'm going to create a space for him because I know that God is moving. I know that God made me a promise. And if we see it here, if we keep reading, it says in verse 16, and he said at this season, about this time next year, you're going to embrace a son. She had not been able to have a son until that moment. Until that moment, she hadn't been able to have a son. But because she created a space for the man of God, because she created a space for God's presence in her life, suddenly the promise of God was released. The promise of God was released. And he makes her a promise. And the woman says, no, nah, I'm not going to have a son. You bugging. Like, that, that's just not going to happen. But a year later, she has a son. How would you feel if in 2023, God gives you, by grace, what you've been working your whole life for? What if, he get, what if all he's waiting for you is to believe that he's able? Just believe that he's able. What if he's just waiting for worship? Maybe he's not waiting for you to do more. Maybe he's waiting for you to do less. Mm. but look what happens verse 18 when the child had grown he went out one day to his father among the reapers and he said to his father my head my head and the father said to his servant carry him to his mother there was some latinos in the old testament right when the kids get bad right? take her to the mother like the mom has all the answers i don't know take her to her mother and the Bible says that they carried him to his mother, and in his mother's lap, the child died. Didn't God made her, make her that promise? Didn't God give her that? And the Bible says the, the child died on her lap. Come on, moms. What would that feel like? What would our faith look like in the midst of something like that? Can we keep it? Do, do we have a real church this morning? Because if one of my kids got hurt, that would rock me. And they're old. What would it feel like? What would have been your response in that moment? Can I share her response? The Bible says that she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door behind him and went out. In other words, she didn't even tell her husband that the child had died. She took her dead son and laid him on the bed of the man of God. In other words, she took the promise that God made her and gave it right back to God. In other words, she said, God, you gave me this. And if you gave me this, here, I'm going to give it back to you. You figure this out because you're the one that gave me this. You bring this boy back because you're the one that gave him to me. Do we have any mothers in the house today that 2022 has been a year of prayer? 
praying for your child and interceding for your child and asking God to move in the life of your child. And you've been working and you've been putting worship CDs when you're cooking and cleaning so that he can hear some worship. And you've been praying, praying real loud in your room so that he can hear you praying in the next room. And God is saying, no, I don't need all that. Just lay them at my throne. Just give them to me. Give them to me. I know what to do with him. I know what to do with her. And the Bible says that this woman, she gets up and she brings it to God. But then something else happens. If we read verse 23, it says when she told her husband she was going to go to the man of God, he says, why are you going to go to him today? It's not Sunday. It's not Sunday. It's not church day. And she said, in the, according to the King James Version, she said, it will be well. It will be well. She didn't say, your son died. She didn't say, your son is in that room right upstairs. The room that we made for the man of God. The room that we made for the man of God that promised us a son. The room that we made of, for the man of God who, who promised us this son that is now that. No, no, she said, it will be well. In other words, are we at a place where we're able to say, I know what I've been waiting for, God. And, and maybe it's not here, but that doesn't mean it's never going to be here. In other words, when her husband said, why are you going over there? She was like, it's, it's not good right now, but it's not good yet. My blessing isn't here yet. My resurrection isn't here yet. My new job isn't here yet. My new relationship isn't here yet. My new my new ministry isn't here yet. My new opportunity isn't here yet. My new job isn't here yet. My new house isn't here yet. My un, my, my 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 new life isn't here yet. But it doesn't mean never. She said all is well are we able to change our confession this this afternoon from never and always or not for me to not yet not yet how how are how are you and your wife we're not where we need to be yet but god is still in god is still the center of our marriage and we're going to get there How's your career going? You, you still, you know, you still looking? Yeah, I haven't found that new career yet. But, but it doesn't mean it's never going to happen. It's just that it hasn't happened yet. Come on, can somebody say yet? So, so number one, it, when, when you're waiting for God, when you're waiting for the promise of God, number one, you have to bring it to God. Can you say that with me? Bring it to God. Number two, we have to change our confession. Can we say change our confession? And number three, we have to hold on to Jesus. We have to hold on to Jesus. Because after she told her husband it's not well yet, she begins making her way to the man of God. She begins making her way back to God. Somebody this afternoon, maybe today's the day that you begin making your way back to God. You said, I'm never going to follow God again. God is saying, no, 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 change that. Say, not yet. But today is my yet. Today's the day that I'm going to make my way back to God. And the Bible says that the man of God saw her from a distance and he tells his servant he says go go ask her what's good go ask her how she's doing 
Go ask her. Go ask her if her husband's well. Go ask her if her room and her house is well. Go ask her if her son is well. So the servant comes down. He crawls down the mountain. He goes to the Shunammite woman and he says, is your husband well? Is your home well? Is your son well? And her response was, all is well. All is well. Everything's okay. God is still real. God is still alive. God is still working. God is still faithful. Yes, I don't understand sometimes, but that doesn't mean he's any less faithful. Yes, I get confused sometimes, but that doesn't mean he's not real. Yes, I don't feel him sometimes, but that doesn't mean he's not present. Oh, the other day, on Thursday... I, I was I was on my way home, and I had like a flash of a show that I love. Um, um, Will Smith did this National Geographic show. Anybody else saw it where, where he goes into different parts of the earth and he does all this different stuff? And I was like, yeah, like, like I'll check it out at some point. And, and I left it, and it kept moving, and then here comes Thursday, here comes Friday, here comes Saturday. I finally send my sermon notes to the pastor and to the, to the, pot, to the team, and 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 and. and I sit down and I'm like, okay, now I, can, now I can see me some Will Smith. Now I can see me this show. And, and the episode that just happened to come on was called The Speed of Life. The Speed of Life. How many of you saw it? Anybody's? Y'all going to see it today, I promise. The Speed of Life. And, 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 it, and it showed where, where Will Smith was with this archaeologist and they were, doing, they were seeing different things. The first thing they saw was a reptile. And the reptile stuck out its tongue. And like grabbed the bug and ate it. I, I, I thank God that Anna was asleep because she would have jumped. She would have screamed. She would have made me change it. But when they showed that in real time, it was a blur. They had to have these high tech cameras that are able to put it in slow motion. And when you saw it in slow motion, they said that the tongue comes out of the reptile and it goes from zero to 60 miles an hour in a hundredth of a second. In other words, our human brain cannot capture what was going on, but that doesn't mean it wasn't going on. He kept going. They went to a, to a desert. And in the desert, when they were able to record the sand, the naked eye saw desert, the desert that's always there. But when they, you saw the recording, it was millions and millions of little grains that were shifting and moving and going from place to place. And this is why you can't plant in a desert. You can't swim in a desert. You can't build a, a thing. Why? Because everything is always shifting. Then they showed something that we have a video of in, in, in um, where was it, babe? In Bolivia. And it's this thing that's going to come on now. And, and they take pictures and they take videos in this place in Bolivia. Because it seems like heaven and earth are together. If you look at the bottom of this, that's actually land. 
But because it's covered by this thin, this thin layer of water, it looks like it's actually the sky. But you see the cars there. You see the people there. And it looks like they're walking on clouds, but they're not walking on clouds. It's just that the naked eye cannot see what's going on. But then they put cameras. And when they put the cameras, they were able to capture how everything began to shift and everything began to change. And if you look at the video... And, and it's going to take me somewhere, I promise you guys. If you look at the video, this was at night. And if you look at what's going on, it looks like the solar system is moving. It looks like the sky is shifting. But what was really shifting was the planet. The planet was moving. The planet was moving. And Will Smith asked this guy, you know, what is it that's going on? And he said, the, the earth spins at 1,000 miles an hour. 1,000 miles an hour. And it says, and it goes through the solar system at 67,000 miles an hour. And then he said, in one day, we spin at 10 million miles through space. That's a lot. That's a lot. But, but check it, guys. In other words, right now, we're spinning. Right now, we're going faster than we can ever go. But because we don't feel it, we don't realize that it's happening. Could it be that God is moving in our lives at such a speed that because we can't see it with the naked eye, we've convinced ourselves that it's not happening. We've convinced ourselves that he's forgotten us. We've convinced ourselves that he's abandoned us. We've convinced ourselves that he changed his mind about us. That he no longer has a plan in our life. That he no longer has a plan for my marriage. That he no longer has a plan for my family. That he no longer has a plan for my church. Because we feel like everything is moving but nothing is happening. But what God showed me in that video is that sometimes even when he's not moving... Even when I don't feel him, he's working. He's working. He's working in your life right now. He brought you here this afternoon to tell you he's still working. He's still working. That's why you're still here because you're, he's still working. How much time I got? I'm going to listen to Pastor Roe because he's the one that gives me these opportunities. <laughs> Ruben, Pastor Ruben, how much time I got? All right. Y'all heard me ask. Seven? I could do this in seven. The power of not yet. There's five simple things I want to give y'all. Can y'all practice these five things for like a week or two? Can we practice these five things for like a week or two? Number one, number one, take small steps in the direction you feel God is guiding you. Say small steps. Small steps. I read this quote from Gary Keller in, in, in his book, The One Thing. He says, when you want the absolute best chance to succeed at anything you want, your approach should always be the same. Go small. And he says, going small is not as ignoring all the things you want to do and doing only what you should do. In other words, he's saying less is more. Less is more. Number two, number two, 
serve. Look at the person next to you and say, serve. Don't ignore the green lights you already have. What delights you? What fires your imagination? What fills you with a deep sense of meaning and purpose? What draws you closer to God? What is going to last in your life and the lives of your brothers and sisters? Do those things. They're your green lights. Most of us already have more green lights than we need. Number three, heed the voices. Where there are many, all speech becomes a debate without end. But two together may perhaps find wisdom. Look at the person next to you and say, I don't need a lot of people. I just need some key people. Number four, align your head and your heart. Say, my head and my heart got to connect. See, some of us are having a battle because the head and the heart aren't connecting. Because God is saying, not everything that you think should be is what I want to be in your heart. I don't, I'm, not, I'm the one that's not letting it get to your heart because if it, if it gets to your heart, you're done. Carl Jung said, your vision will become clear only when you look into your heart. He who looks outside dreams, he who looks inside awakens. Mm. number five enjoy the ride we gotta enjoy this life y'all if you're not enjoying your life and you're still going after something that you do you find no enjoyment in can, can i can i can i take a verse out of the book of common sense yo stop like what are you doing it doesn't even make you happy it doesn't even make you smile why are you gonna keep doing it because I know he's going to change. Stop. <laughs> Ask yourself a few simple questions. What do I think about? Where does my mind wander? What do I really care about? What matters most to me? How do I enjoy spending my time? And what do I find absolutely unbearable? Those are the things you should be seeking. This woman lost her son, but she kept her confession. All is well. All is well. All is well. The Bible says that the man of God went with her to her home because no one else could bring her son to life. In other words, there's some things in our life that are dead and only God can bring them back to life. There's a smile that you lost that only God can bring it back. There's a hope that you lost that only God can bring it back. There's some joy that you lost that only God can bring it back. There's a little girl, there's a little boy that you lost that only God can bring that little boy and that little girl back. Only God. The Bible says that the man of God went to the room where the little boy was laying. And he went to the bed that he had slept on so many times before. And the Bible says he laid on the child. And the child started sneezing. Achoo! Achoo! He sneezed seven times. And the prophet said, woman, here's your son. Here's your son. He's still alive. Here's your baby boy. He's still alive. 
Here's your promise. It's still alive. Here's your purpose. It's still alive. Here's your smile. It's still there. Here's your joy. It's still there. Here's your happiness. It's still there. Why? Because when you could have complained, you said all is well. Because when you could have denied me, you went towards me instead of away from me. God is in heaven saying, I know you're far away, but I see you. I see you. I see you coming to this place on a Sunday. I see you. But are we able this afternoon to say, all is well. All is well. I'm broken. I'm hurt. It's not denying reality. I'm broken. I'm hurt. I'm confused. I have doubt. But I also have God. But I also have a God that loves me. I also have a God who adores me. I also have a God that told me that even though I might fall seven times, he'll pick me up eight. I have a God who said that Jesus gave this story and he said there were two boys, but he saw one of them coming back home. Could that woman represent you? Could that woman represent you this afternoon as you come back? into the presence of God and say, God, I need you. Can we stand on our feet this afternoon? Maybe, maybe this is the day where you come before the presence of God and you say, you know what, Lord, I was getting impatient, but I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to wait on you, Lord, because you know what I need. How many of you can admit that sometimes we think we know what we need, but it only gets us in trouble? Can I get an amen from somebody? Sometimes we think we know who we need, but he only or she only gets us in trouble. What if God is saying, just wait on me, just wait on me, just wait on me, just wait on me, just lift up your hands and just wait on me, just give me your cares and just wait on me, just give me your fear and just wait on me, just give me your 